Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Exalt. Exalt are a brand that provide juices and shakes from all raw, fresh and natural ingredients, and they're designed by nutritional experts. They're a brand that actually reached out to me a couple of months ago. The first thing I did was Google what they're about and their mission, etc. And the first, the first line of their mission statement read, food fuels our physical, mental and emotional well-being. And straight away, I kind of knew that they're a brand that very much aligns with what we're about at Eat Look Feel. They have a strong focus on sustainability, the mission, the values, the people. They're just a genuinely very, very impressive brand. Throughout my coaching, I talk a lot about creating convenience and enjoyment through your nutrition to create sustainability. And I think what Elksalt are doing is exactly that. They provide ready-to-drink shakes that are super convenient and full of good nutrition. So if you do see Exalt about, give them a go. I can genuinely recommend them, both the products and the brand. Another collaboration that we're very grateful to have on this podcast is with Pure Sport. Pure Sport are the UK's leading CBD and natural wellness brand. They have a strong focus on honesty, community and creating natural products to help prevent injury, illness and sustain general health. I personally have used their products for a very long time now. The staples that I use are the CBD oil, which I find really helps me downregulate at night and, and actually improves my sleep, and the muscle and joint balm, which I use for general maintenance and if I have any sort of muscular niggles. They're a brand that do things properly, so if any of their products align with you and your goals, I do recommend using. You'll be able to find the link to the products that Pure Sport offer in the bio to this episode. Welcome to the Eat Look Feel podcast. This podcast is here to delve into inspirational and aspirational guests' personal health, digging a little bit deeper into how they approach their nutrition, their training, and their mindset, all with the idea to create better for themselves. Please subscribe and please do share with anyone who you think might find this valuable. As usual, create better always, the Eat Look Feel team. This week's episode is with Becky Rabin. Becky is a mindset, life and business mentor and is the author of the book You Are Powerful. We talk through Becky's personal journey in the health and wellness space and then talk through several mental models such as manifesting, the power in saying no, getting good at feeling good and what to do when we're feeling out of alignment. So without further ado, this is Becky Rabin. Becky, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. I know you're um, very heavily pregnant, so I appreciate you taking the time. I am very heavy, heavily pregnant, but no, it's actually fine. It's nice to be here um, and I'm looking forward to chatting. Perfect. So I'm going to start with the way that I always start this podcast, and that is how would you define your personal health? So what does healthy mean to you? Oh, I love this question. Uh, I love this question because I think for me it's changed so much over the years. And if you'd asked me this question like three years ago, I probably would have said something completely different. Um, but I think I think for me, healthy is definitely a 360 thing. It's a mind, a body, a spirit, a soul, everything thing. I've definitely been I've definitely been the girl that um, had a healthy looking body and thought that it was like having abs and being in shape. Yet yeah, was riddled with like 
insecurity, anxiety, hormone imbalance, depression, and probably feeling my most unhealthy I'd ever felt, whilst probably looking the most healthy I've ever looked. Um, I definitely think I've also been kind of the other side where I've like neglected my physical health and prioritised only my mental health and haven't felt imbalance at all. So I think for me, feeling healthy is a feeling of feeling complete in a sense of like feeling good, feeling strong, feeling energetic. It's feeling positive. It's feeling happy. It's feeling good within yourself, how you look, how you feel, how you're thinking. Um, And I think for me, the most important thing is that it's so individual to me, like how my healthy looks is so different to how someone else's healthy looks. And it's de- I, I definitely would say that healthy for me is more of an inside to out job. And it's definitely about maybe also being really intuitive. Like I think the, the time that I started to really become intuitive about how I was feeling and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to move my body, what food I wanted to give my body, what supplements I felt like giving my body and how I wanted to do my, like run my everyday was when I started to feel my best um, and feel my healthiest. So yeah, when everything's in balance, I think, and, and also I'd say like not too intense in any way. I think there was some times where I was trying to be so healthy and it just felt like such an intense like routine or ritual like either exercising seven days a week or restricting all my food or there was never an in-between whereas I found really feeling my healthiest when I've just allowed balance in my life and more of an intuitive way of living so yeah it's a very long-winded answer to your question. I think the biggest the biggest takeaway I took from that was this idea of it's changed over time and what do you think's caused that change? So was it, do you think it's almost like trial and error? Do you think it's sort of self-awareness? Do you think it's actually just maybe a, a sort of maturity? I think it's a bit of maturity. I think it's definitely from working in the health industry as a, as a personal trainer, where it was all about how you look, to then feeling like, oh, why do I still not feel good, even though from the outside I'm good? Why do I actually feel worse? And so it's a lot of self-discovery, self-awareness. I think also then perhaps the job that I'm now in where I'm where it's a lot more mindset based and like kind of doing my qualifications and learning about the psychology element and the mindset element. I think it's definitely that. I think it's maturity. And I think it's also just trial and error years of like, well, how has that not worked for me? Why has that not worked for me? Why do I look this certain way? And, and I do feel like just before I got pregnant, I was probably at my healthiest where it was all an inside focus. Like I was focusing on just doing things that make me feel good. So moving in ways that made me feel good, eating in ways that made me feel good. And I was, there was no pressure to it all. And I actually looked the best I'd ever looked while working out probably the least I'd ever, not the least I'd ever worked out, but like I wasn't in like a rigid routine. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think, it's that I think it's also understanding a lot more about what I wanted from life and actually what happiness meant for me. So I felt like I think a long for a long time, like looking healthy, i.e. having an amazing body and like having abs or whatever was going to make me feel happy and was going to make people love me because I had this like yearning deep within for someone to love me or to be lo- looked at in a certain way. Whereas when I kind of went within and like asked myself those questions, did the work internally on myself, really prioritised feeling good on, within myself and actually challenging those those insecurities, I realised, hang on a minute, like I just want to feel loved, I just want to feel approved of, I want to feel good within myself and I can do that all with myself. I don't need anyone else to tell me those things, which then made me to stop worrying so much about how I look. So I think it's definitely just a mixture of growing up 
learning new things and also challenging my insecurities and the reasons why I was so desperate to be healthy in a certain way or what what that need was because I think the wake-up call for me actually was when I remember like having really bad hormone issues because of how restrictive I was being with my food and how um intense I was being with my exercise regime and it's so common amongst so many women they think it's normal to like miss periods or have hormone imbalances and acne it was that and I was I was seeing loads of doctors for that and she said to me if you keep living your life like this you will not be able to have children like you won't be or your hormone levels are so bad that you will maybe fall pregnant but it won't you won't be able to stay pregnant like your hormone levels are so off and it was that moment that I was like I'm doing all of this to be healthy, yet I'm so unhealthy that I can't even fall pregnant and reproduce, which is what we're put on this planet to do. Like, And that was such a wake-up call for me that I had defined healthy as like this completely wrong thing. Um, and I think sometimes it maybe takes someone to have a wake-up call like that for them to look at what health really looks like and means to them. Yeah, very much so. I think a lot of it comes down to taking personal responsibility as well, like you said, instead of just sort of coasting along, pretending that everything's really healthy when it's not, it's actually taking personal responsibility and realising that you're in full control of this and just going, right, you know, I need to take ownership here and I need to actually create healthy, not what is going to look healthy for photos or, you know, what I think is healthy externally. Yeah. So let's just rewind a little bit and go back to I just want you to tell us a little bit about yourself so your background how you kind of made the journey into the sort of as you as you mentioned into sort of the PT world uh, and then how that kind of journey yeah. has moved towards sort of the wellness and the coaching and the business development side of things now yeah it's crazy actually how everything's like connected and I was super sporty as a kid like quite a tomboy always loved like I was in every sports class that team everything you can imagine as a kid um and it was like competing as a cheerleader gymnast so sports was a huge part of my life and then kind of went to uni and gave it all up found drink found boys found having fun and just kind of like stopped working out stopped doing any of my sports stopped doing any of my team competitions and I felt really lost without any of it because I'd been in like I'd been in like a cheerleading team where we were like one of the top ones in the UK you know I was used to that kind of like training regime of training with them four or five times a week and um the competitions I really missed it all anyway I started working in advertising and the whole reason I wanted to work in advertising was because I wanted it to be advertising in sports I was really interested in, in like the sports element of sponsorship started working in advertising and then actually my health deteriorated while I was working um I was like suffering with like really bad bloating IBS I had acne my hormones were all over the place I'd come out of a really bad relationship like a breakup so I was, I was quite depressed I think and I just wasn't looking after myself and so my gut health was com just shot and so I started researching about gut health my family lived in America and they started to share with me like gluten-free diets and obviously now it's like so well known but seven eight years ago it was like unheard yeah. of to like have a gluten-free diet or to cut refined sugar out so I kind of was going on these gut health cleanses and I was um, I was I was basically looking at alternative methods of like healing your body so how meditation was helping people relieve their like IBS symptoms and how acupuncture and just alternative methods other than just like cutting out foods was helping and I started to kind of share it on a blog I was working I was managing a team of like 30 girls all young straight out of uni so they and like the majority of them were all struggling with their hormones with their IBS so 
it started like that. I just started sharing recipes and information about IBS and how acupuncture and all these different methods can help you. And then with that, I just found myself going to more classes, going to interview people. And where I was kind of working in magazines, my blog turned into a bit of a magazine and I started getting experts to to write to like from America or people I was reading. I was like, would you write a column? Would you write an article about how gluten intolerance is healed with this or why ginseng or this supplement, you know, things, things that we hear about all the time now, like turmeric and stuff. Like again, back then it was like, what's turmeric? So I started doing that. And then I just fell into going to these wonderful events, going, being around people in the health industry. And then I fell back in love with going to the gym, um, fell back in love with working out, looking after myself and coaching people. And at the time I feel, I feel like the, the personal training industry was is the easiest industry to get into in the world it sounds so bad to say but it is like in terms of qualifications it's like mm. your easiest way in obviously the experience you, you you do and the qualifications you deepen yourself are but I had always when I was 16 and I was at college I was working at a local gym and I wanted to become a PT then and I decided not to and go to uni because I was like they wanted us to stay there so I just never did so it was something I'd always wanted to do was that PT qualification so I started personal training got my qualification and I just started PTing like the girls in my work like people like the marketing director of my company friends that I used to go to school with and I was just kind of doing it in the mornings lunchtimes evenings of my full-time job and then naturally I think where I just had this PR sales advertising background I kind of built up a bit of a brand for myself started PTing some like really good like good people that were like net like were networking and telling other people about me and they were quite influential people so they were sharing it on their social media um and then I was getting more from that so that's kind of how it grew and at the time I was going to events and I was I was basically fitness blogging I think which obviously now is such a different industry seven years ago there wasn't really that many of us around doing it it was quite a small bubble um and so that was kind of how it started. Then I started working in some of the like the better gyms in London that were quite well known, like Lomax at the time, One London. Like they just had quite a knowing in terms of that industry. So I worked in those. And then what happened was, I think I was personal training people. Women were all coming to me. Um, it was when strength training was just coming in as being cool. So I was teaching women to strength train. I was like deepening my knowledge with having coaches and mentors so that I knew what I was doing. Um, and then I realized it was all the women that were coming to me that already looked good. They just hated themselves. Like they were already in pretty good shape. And then I, it was, that was the part I loved was the, like helping them feel more confident in themselves, helping them uh, just see themselves for more than just their body. You know, they'd be like, They'd say, like, I want to look like you. And I'd be like, you, you do look like me. Like, And I realised this dysmorphia that so many women have and how they're putting people on a, other women on a pedestal when, like, they should just be looking at themselves internally. So that kind of blended a little bit more into life coaching with these clients. And then the business mentoring side of it was literally just that all the boys at the gym who were all PTs were like, how have you built your business? How have you built your online business? I started online coaching and how have you built your website and I just started helping them all for free sitting down with them getting their website set up getting their online coaching set up and then it just turned into I was still running my magazine on the side too so I started doing events where I was hosting and I had a podcast um, I was interviewing up wellness experts we were hosting events for mental well-being we were hosting events for gut health and I was 
speaking to so many experts and I think the network of experts started to see how I ran businesses or how I did my marketing. So then they all decided to come. It was really natural. They came to me and they said, will you help me set up my business? Will you help me launch a course? Will you help me create a what run an event? Um, and like on the side, when I left my full-time career, I had a marketing PR business in the wellness industry with my best friend. We were just connecting brands to brands and brands to people. It's a PR agency. So get, we were just meeting so many people in the space. Um, and then again, brands were coming to me saying, will you, will you run a PR campaign for me? Will you? So it just, it just happened super naturally. And I was like, right, well, I guess I'm business mentoring now. So then I just, uh, all of my clients at the beginning were all PTs. They were all PTs. So I started just PTing, um, mentoring them. And then it turned into life coaches and uh, like literally any form of expert or coach. Um, and that's how I got here. And then I, I think that the, the personal development stuff just stayed with me. That's what I'm passionate about is helping people like, learn to live more of a healthy life from their mind so that was just what I just continued to share and and then that's how the book came along is because ultimately on my social media I don't really talk a lot of business I don't really talk a lot of business strategy I might talk about confidence and like bravery and stuff but the majority of the stuff I talk in there is about loving yourself is about your self-worth it is about it's still about all of those things that I was speaking to those women about when I was personal training um, so they kind of just came together and that's how we got where we are and it just every single point has just been oh I'm here now this just happened naturally not oh should I go there or this makes sense to do this it just it happened you mentioned a lot like when we initially started talking you mentioned a lot about the sort of change in yourself and how your sort of views on health and wellness have changed so much has becoming or well has becoming a mum to be changed that as well not yet do you know what it's so interesting I thought I was going to be I thought I was going to be this like pregnant guru that just looked after her health and supplemented and did loads of yoga and moved loads and actually it's been a completely different story for me I've gone the other way like I, I was so poorly at the beginning I couldn't really work out COVID so then my exercise regime like kind of just fell off and and then I was too unfit to kind of really be bothered to get back into it and honestly like it's a ride with your hormones that you I like even with my like personal development work I've been quite bad with the journaling the meditating like I've almost shied away from a lot of it It, it's been really interesting for me it's been such a big journey of growth being pregnant and although what I will say is I've now hit a part of pregnancy where I've got six weeks to go and I have just literally gone enough is enough like and the last three weeks I've been like right the next two months for me are all about my wellness like before I have this baby I want to be the most high vibe most healthy feeling feel good version of myself and I've really started to reprioritize all my rituals and my practices like I'm not putting pressure on myself to exercise but I'm moving I'm stretching I'm doing 20 minute workouts where I can so yeah I don't know I definitely think when he's here and it's real, then I will probably be like, I'm desperate for him to be here so I can get back in the gym, start eating well again and start prioritizing myself. But then I'm also aware that it's not that easy <laughs> when you have a newborn baby to find the time to do those things. I think I'm just surrendering. I've just really let go and just been like, I think the years, I will say the years of looking after myself in a healthy way, moving, supplementing, 
has actually helped me through this pregnancy a huge amount to be able to take this six months of not really doing Mm -hmm. all of those things because I have that resilience when I have a moment of feeling low and sad like I have the tools to bring myself back when I'm feeling depleted and exhausted I'm like oh I probably need to put some electrolytes in my drink or take my iron so I definitely would say that it would be a different story if I didn't have those years and years and years behind me of of prioritizing my well-being for sure but interesting yeah the mum thing's been fun the pregnancy thing has been interesting it's been like such a growth journey that's it there's no right or wrong answer I guess is there and there's only one way to sort of learn that one can read all the books you want. Yeah, 100%. Um, I haven't read any books. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for the best. <laughs> the way I think a good way to take this podcast is essentially, I've seen a lot of the content that you put out around sort of the mindset and self-development side of things. And I think it's so yeah. powerful. So how, a way I thought that we could take this and it would actually be really useful for people is if I just bring up some of the topics and the ideas that you've articulated so well on your socials, you can just elaborate on those for us and sort of let us know why they're so important. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the most obvious. You've literally written a book about it, so you're an expert. <laughs> uh, so it's manifestation. So w- what is it? Well, what, how do we sort of go about manifesting? Is there more to it than solely just sort of thinking, you know, I want a successful business. I want a healthy relationship. I want this and that. Elaborate on that for us. Yeah, I think the manifesting, obviously manifesting at the moment has like, blown up and everyone is talking about it and everyone knows about it which is amazing but I do think there's a bit of a narrative or for me personally in my personal opinion and how I really wanted to write the book was more so like it's become about getting what you want or getting the things that you want and actually for me yes it isn't as simple as like a quick answer um for me it's a way of living for me manifesting is we're all doing we're all doing it we're all manifesting every single day you me like the life that you're living right now you manifested you manifested it you made it happen um the life I'm living right now I manifested it the fact that I'm pregnant I completely like there's never been a bigger manifestation story I think in my life than meeting someone and falling pregnant within a year like you manifest everything that happens in your life the good and the bad so sometimes I get some really awkward dms like did I manifest this and I was like well when something bad has happened to them and I'm like well no, you, you don't. Not everything is a case of the manifestation element. Yeah, but yes, you're attracting things into your life that are a mirror of what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're doing, how you're acting, and your the vibe that you're putting out there to the world. So sometimes, if you're allowing your fears, for example, to be the the overriding thing that you're giving all of your energy to in your life, and that fears come real, yeah, you've manifested it because you've created so much energy and thought process to it. So I think with manifesting for me ultimately we know it as like getting what you want but I actually think it's just about attracting into your life certain things and obviously we teach the principles of manifesting to help you attract the things that you do want the good things in life so there's definitely a spiritual or whatever you want to call it element to it I guess I think a lot of people turn their back to it because they're like oh it's very woo woo but actually it's really rooted in science and it's really rooted in psychology too so Yes, there's a spiritual element in the sense of perhaps believing in a higher power that has a bigger play, like a bigger force. But realistically, everyone probably by now, most people believe in a higher power in some way, because whether it's in their religion, they, they believe in God, whether they like you, everyone's got to admit that the earth got here, the plants got here, the table got here somehow. 
you know, there's, there's, there's energy going on behind us. So I think believing in whatever that higher power is, well, and it doesn't matter whether you call it the universe, God, source, whatever it might be, but there's a bigger energetic force out there that is making things move. It is the reason why when you think of someone, they text you, it is why you bump into that person at the right time. Like these things aren't coincidence. But then there's also the like, like science element, like energy, everything moves, like everything has to be created. And then in the psychology part, for me, which is why I really wanted to explain in the book, is if you if you lay it down really simply, what you think will make you feel a certain way. If you have a thought, it's going to make you feel a certain way, which will then make you behave in a certain way, naturally, which is then obviously going to affect the results that you get. So say you have a fear of starting a business, but you really want to start a business. If your thoughts are always like, oh, but I'm not good enough, it's going to fail, like the majority you know, and we all have those thoughts, but it's about making those thoughts less and the positive version of those thoughts, like giving them more time. But if you've got this thought, yeah, I'm going to fail. It's not going to be worth it. No one will want to hear from me. No one will want to buy my products. No one will spend their money with me. It's not worth it. I'm not going to make that money. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to feel shitty about the situation. You're going to feel low vibe. You're going to feel dis- the most, I think, important thing that most people don't realize is every time you neglect those dreams, you turn you turn your back on yourself so you start to resent yourself because you're like well I know I can do that most women or or people I work with you know I say do you believe you've got the capability of doing it and they're like yeah but they they create all of the excuses as to why it won't work so they then don't act so they'll feel they have all these low vibe feelings of resentment and anger towards themselves frustration they'll have fear they'll be living in all of these low vibe which I talk about in the book like we have emotions that are low vibe, like fear, resentment, jealousy, shame, anger. And then we have amazing emotions and feeling like peace, joy, love, fulfillment, purpose. And they're amazing. To, that is when you manifest good things. It's when you're up there feeling that. When you're down at the bottom feeling and holding on to resentment, anger and shame, you are a mirror and you attract things that feel the same vibrational frequency as those things. So if you have all those thoughts about starting a business, well, what are you likely to do? not do the qualification not create your website not you might start or not start you might start and then stop you might completely not start at all so your results you don't have a business and that is where it's just like the simple element of the manifestation process is you're not going to manifest a business falling into your lap if you aren't taking any action and you're not thinking that it's possible so i think manifestation today is about how to manifest in the best possible way and for me there's principles like thinking positive like doing things that raise your vibe taking action that is in alignment with what you said you wanted so if you want a loving relationship with a committed partner who's loyal and trustworthy why are you giving your time to, i don't know if i can swear on this but I, why are you giving your time to fuck, yeah to fuck boys who are treating you like a pile of crap who are non-committal inconsistent and don't text you back the more you give those people your time you're telling the universe you didn't actually want what you wanted so it's about being really clear about what you want um most importantly how you want to feel in life that's the greatest starting point with manifestation so i don't know just make 100 percent. Like sometimes it can be quite complicated to explain yeah, yeah no yeah. and i think it's so powerful because i think like a bit like you articulated there i think manifestation has this kind of maybe stereotype that is a little bit airy fairy and it's a little bit like from a from a sort of place above etc but actually there where you link it to say your actual day-to-day habits and routines 
you realize that actually, of course it is. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, those thoughts, if you're telling yourself, I can't do this, I can't do this, I'm sad, I'm annoyed, I'm upset. Obviously, that's going to portray into your day-to-day habits. And then we are we are only a product of, you know, that our, our habits and routines in six months' time, we're going to be a product of what we do today. 100%. It's branded up in, it's branded up in different ways, like performance yeah. or goals. It all comes back to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting. Another thing I took from your social was I actually had a guest on uh, a few weeks ago now who was explaining gratitude. And he explained the gratitude in a way where that actually gratitude comes before success. And I think we're sort of programmed and told that success comes first, or we kind of expect that, you know, you have to work really, really hard, achieve success, and then you can sort of be grateful and look back on it. And he said, no, 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 that's not how this works. You have to have the gratitude first, because that sets up the positivity to then go and achieve the success. And we were talking in, in a business sense, he has a super successful business. And then I read on your social that happiness comes before manifestation. And I literally, it, it completely struck the same nerve where I, I was like, actually, I've always, and I think we're probably told that manifestation, so you almost manifest the positive in your life. And as a result of that positive, you can then have the happiness. But actually what you're saying is, no, 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 you need to be happy first. And then if you're happy and you manifest, that's, that's what creates the manifestations and those things that you want come true. 100%. I think ultimately, if you, if you lay it down, you want things in your life because you want them to make you feel a certain way. If we're honest about it, like if you want a nice car, it's because you want to feel happy in your nice new car and you might want to feel validated and you might want to feel wealthy and you might want people to be like, oh, she's got a nice car. So there's a feeling behind what you want, which ultimately says, I'm not happy until I get that. And what happens is you then put those manifestations or those things that you want on a pedestal and you think that getting the partner, getting like, getting the job, getting the business is going to make you happy. But it, for me, this is the biggest thing that I really wanted to communicate with my book. And actually I have to say, like, I really have to fight like my publishers to be able to put it across in this way because there are books out there now that are like seven steps to manifesting and like this, this, this to manifesting. And it's it's very like surface. It's, it's very, for me, the, the ultimate element of manifesting is getting good at feeling good. Like when you feel good, you attract good. When you feel at peace, you attract peace. Peace. Like at the end of the day, you want a relationship because you want to feel good in that relationship or you want to feel safe in that relationship. So the, the idea of manifesting is you want to feel the things that you think you want from a relationship or from whatever it is you want to call in first. If you feel those things before that, that manifestation comes in, he's gonna, it's going to come in but it's not going to complete you. So you're then not going to live in fear that if it leaves, like you might make a load of money, but if you haven't done the work on feeling complete and happy and content within yourself before that money comes in, if that money leaves, your self-worth walks out the door with it. Same with a relationship. If you put a a relationship on a pedestal to make you feel loved, to make you feel secure, for someone to make you feel safe, and for you to only be happy when that boyfriend walks into your life, when he walks out of your life, so is your happiness going to go with it. So I am just so passionate about spreading that message that the idea is that you want to feel good first. You want to think good things. You want to feel good things. You want to do good things. You want to prioritise feeling a certain way you will become such an attractor for all the other things that you want in your life that are naturally in alignment with that vibration. And like my, the, my boyfriend situation sums it up. Like I got to a place where I was so happy and content single. I was, I, I, I got clear on all the things that I wanted a relationship to make me feel. And I prioritized for like 
few months before meeting him, like I'd written the book. It was the only area in my life that I felt like I wasn't actually practicing the principles that I was saying about manifesting. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to put this to play. I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to focus on feeling as I'm already in a relationship. And that's not by sending myself silly text messages. You know, they're all fun things that people talk about in manifesting, like text yourself or say, can I bring my boyfriend with me? But the problem with that is then you say, oh, can I bring my manifestation boyfriend with me? And there's a thought that goes in your head like, oh, you're an idiot. That's not true. Or you're lying. And then you bring the vibe down. But I just got into this like flirty, fun energy where I felt good and I felt sexy within myself and I felt happy and I felt content and safe. And then when he did walk into my life, it felt like he'd been there forever. It, it wasn't, I had been single for like six years before meeting him as well. So I was expecting to, when some, when that man walked into my life, I was expecting it to be like, oh my God, I've got a boyfriend and everyone to be like, oh my God, Beck, you've got a boyfriend. Like, what? Actually... It just felt like he'd been there forever and he didn't complete me. And I love him pieces, but he doesn't complete me. And if he walked out the door, I'd be sad, but he wouldn't take my self-worth, my happiness or my contentment or feeling safe, love, secure with him. And he and he knows that. So I think it's about feeling those those feelings first um, and feeling good first. And that's why the, the gratitude before success, it's the same principle. It's like getting grateful for what you already have so that you can attract more of it be more successful with it so good get good at feeling good i love it so much yeah my my favorite thing like i think we all have a bit of a resistance a huge resistance about our worthiness and our deservingness of feeling good and that's why people sabotage themselves quite often with things like their health because they don't think they're worthy and deserving of feeling good um and they're not comfortable feeling good. Like it takes work to be like, oh God, you know what? I feel good. And it feels good to feel like they're my daily affirmations. Like it feels good to feel good. I'm worthy of feeling good. I'm deserving of feeling good. And it always snaps me out of when I'm like, I think being pregnant is exactly what's happened for me is I've sabotaged my health and my mindset and my well-being and all my rituals because a part of me is very subconscious rooted from old stories. I don't think I was worthy and deserving of being pregnant. I didn't think it was really ever going to happen for me. There was stories from like my childhood that, you know, that made it so that like being pregnant was on a pedestal. And so I think I've sabotaged my own self because I'm like, so part of me doesn't think I'm worthy and deserving of having this, like I've actually got the story. I've actually got the boyfriend and the baby and where I grew up in a house of single parents and like, you know, all of that. So, yeah, I think I think we all do it to ourselves, which is what makes manifesting quite difficult. So how have you gone about fixing that? Uh, awareness. Awareness is like the powerful thing, obviously, for me, like it's the work that I teach. So and, and this is, I think, another thing that's not widely spoken about in any of the mindset industries. It's like you're, we're all human. Like we don't do this work to stop ourselves from ever feeling down, depressed negative thinking like there's a bit of a toxic positivity thing there's a conversation around manifesting like if you're telling someone they've got to feel good all the time what happens is when they don't feel good they beat themselves up or they're like shit i'm not going to manifest what i want because i'm having a bad day and as someone who wrote a book about manifesting i literally beat myself up when i'm not feeling high vibe because i'm like i have spoken to so many people and written an entire book about feeling good and if i don't feel good i feel like i feel like a fraud but i think that is the beauty of it is we're all human we all have those thoughts and we all have our own deep-rooted fears and insecurities so some things might be easier for others to manifest certain areas than others so 
I typically say like manifesting a good career or business often isn't as hard as manifesting a relationship because most people don't have as much trauma and negative stories and conditioning around a business or you know there's not as much fear there that they might have seen their mum and dad maybe have a massive failure in a business that might have hindered them usually the business stuff and manifesting success in career and business actually rooted in their money story and whether they believe they're worthy of earning money or not which is obviously stemmed from how we grow up was money available was it not to us but relationships on the other hand a lot of people have a serious amount of trauma and pain and resentment that they're holding on to whether they saw their parents break up whether you know for me it was my dad died before I was born and I knew nothing other than having that void of a man in my life that like it was it was missing and I so like right now it's like I associated when a baby is born dad dies so it's so ingrained in me it's subconscious it's programming from being a baby that's what I learned so that's probably why I have created a story that like fuck does me having a baby mean someone's gonna die am I gonna die is he gonna it's all irrational thoughts but it's, it's very subconscious it's stuff that we don't even it's not up here in our everyday thoughts it's like very subconscious so I think for me I have been able to identify it because of the work that mm. I've done and because I, I know how this plays out, but it, it's taken me seven months to be like, shit, you're just sabotaging Beck. Like that is all that this is a royal massive sabotage because it's one of your biggest fears. And one of the one, one of the biggest things you've ever, all I've ever wanted is a kid. And I'm so close to it now. And it's, it's funny, the closer I'm getting to it, I haven't been anxious or at all about anything going wrong with my pregnancy, this whole pregnancy up until the last like month where it's so close now that I'm like panicking slightly about, is he going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? It's all of my fears. So that is where getting a coach, a mentor, a therapist, I think is so powerful for people because they just sabotage and they, they don't know why they're like, why am I beating myself up? Why am I neglecting myself? Why am I turning my back on my health? Like, and we all choose different things to do it. Like mine is I will neglect my meditation practice, my journaling, my 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 like spiritual routine my boyfriends he will just neglect his health and he'll start smoking or he'll start drinking more you know like everyone has a different a different way in which they sabotage so for me it was definitely awareness i think that that's where where someone doesn't have that level of understanding with psychology and conditioned thoughts like getting a mentor and getting a coach is so powerful hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So moving on to the next sort of mental model, if you like, or mental framework is taking responsibility of your growth. So it's something that we talk about a lot, like in, in the sort of work that I do, but I take, talk a lot about sort of taking responsibility of your health and like it, you're in full control and you need to take full ownership of your health. But you talk about it in growth. And, and one thing I saw that you, the way you articulated was this idea that is someone hurting you or are you allowing them to hurt you? And it's that mindset shift, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's an icky one. And it's one that people like, even when you talk about it, people are like, well, yeah. but it's like, it's the same principles in your industry. Like at the end of the day, the only person who can 
take control of their well-being or if they want to lose weight or they want to get healthier or they want to feel stronger like they have to be they can have their mum their parents their girlfriend anyone saying you need to be doing this you need to be doing this unless they step up and take that responsibility for themselves it's not going to happen and I think actually in the personal development space there is so much like I always feel like let's take the anti-diet culture right like let's take the body positive movement it's a it's something that I have to always really be careful about how I talk about this I'm so pro it I think we really needed to see a whole different I think we I think we just needed more awareness that it wasn't only a size eight six pack person that was healthy you know like I think the conversation is such an important conversation that needed more limelight and needed more awareness and we needed to see diversity in our adverts and we needed to see people of all shapes all sizes all genders However, like as as a as a white slim woman who did have a six pack, I felt like I then didn't have a voice because I was that woman. I couldn't have an insecurity because I was that woman, and I couldn't moan about bloody anything because I was that woman. As a pregnant person now, I don't feel like I can ever say, you know, what pregnancy is hard. Like it's hard, and I haven't fully enjoyed it because I'm so lucky to be pregnant. Which, of course, I am so lucky to be pregnant. But there are so many people in this world who struggle. So when I talk about the responsibility element, for me, I'm like, should we be asking people to stop using filters? Yes, there's a there's a dangerous narrative around young children growing up and seeing filtered faces and plastic surgery and thinking, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to do that, of course. But what I think a lot of people kind of ride on is this like, well, my, I'm going to show you my cellulite so you feel good about your cellulite. no. That person should do the work on feeling good about their cellulite from within in themselves. They shouldn't need someone else's valid. Like we're defeating the whole subject, the whole point of trying to make people feel good because we're saying to them, you can only feel good because I feel good doing it. And actually, for me, I've seen I've seen many of the girls who were in my industry when I was personal training, like a time when we all looked a certain way. We were all very restrictive. We were all probably too like, you know, it was too much. But they've gone the complete other other way in such a short amount of time, put on a, a serious amount of weight, which for me, I'm like, you can't put that much weight on in that short amount of time without unhealthy habits, like taking a place. Like, it's just it's, it's just obvious. Like, if you actually do the science, like your energy intake is going to have to be absolutely over, like, just the truth. But... I'm like, you're, you're portraying to women. It's just like all times, it's all feeding off people's insecurities, I think, and making people feel better about themselves. And actually, I think we should be taking responsibility for our own well-being, our own mindset. You know, if people trigger you and you don't like how their vibe is or what they unfollow them, take that responsibility away. Stop, wait, stop trying to get that person to speak in a way that you want them to speak or in the voice that you need them to say it and stop trying to get them to act in a certain way take the responsibility and be like, I'm going to unfollow you because you trigger me and I'm going to, I'm going to do the work on why did that trigger me so much? Why did that get to me so much? Oh, is it because I have an insecurity here? Let me do the work on that. And it, it is hard and it's hard to say it to someone because they're like, no, I want to feed off someone else's insecurities or I want to. So yeah, I think it's just one of those narratives where I believe to, to, to really feel whole content and good within yourself. It's got to come from within you without, other people telling you it's okay to feel that way right yeah i think in the in the wellness industry it's a really tricky conversation to have but it's got i completely i completely agree and i can resonate so much it's that it's it it sounds harsh doesn't it and obviously like you say you want 
you want to sort of have that empathetic approach and like you say the you know that we set maybe too high standards sometimes but there also has to be a conversation that you are in full control and that goes like deeper like say of your health of your thoughts is a big one like you know you you're in control of the way you do things and the way you manifest things and where you're going to be in a year's time like there has to be an element of personal sort of ownership and and personal responsibility and i think you hit the nail on the head we're almost creating this like comparison culture but like backwards comparison culture where now we're comparing like unhealthy habits and actually it's just a way of yeah almost like creating smoke and mirror as well if they're doing it it's okay if i'm doing it and it's almost like oh yeah it's funny do you know what i mean and it's and yeah like you say it's such a it's, it's a difficult it's a very very difficult topic to um to talk about but because it's because it's needed because there is a, there is a need for it there was a need for the diversity and like i think i read somewhere the other day that the world health organization are like really anti now the body positive movement because that our, our obesity levels are rising and that's not to say you can't be happy and content obese like but it's well, that's it in the health sense but I think obviously like the podcast you're talking about that I did that you saw on my social it's like me saying like people were like oh my boyfriend keeps hurting me or he keeps doing this or he keeps cheating on me and he keeps doing that and it's like, no you're letting him you're saying like you're allowing that behavior to happen and the more you allow that behavior to happen the more it's going to matter like when you talk about it in a manifesting perspective like why do I keep attracting guys that ghost me or like say they want something and then they go missing or they they like me but they never want to commit to me because you're allowing it you know you're allowing it like I was allowing it for such a long time because I felt like oh well everyone's like that and I'd I'd been gaslighted so much to believe that it was me that was needy or and and that was another thing like just before I met Matt there was another guy in my life that I was like texting. He was a nice guy. He treated me with respect. He was really honest about the fact that there were other women in his life, complicated situations, like a baby mama, a, an ex-girlfriend, another girl that he was in love with. And he was like, I really respect you. You're a nice girl. I don't want to hurt you. Like he was super open and honest about it. Super mm-hmm. open. And he wasn't treating me like shit. But I was like entertaining it. And then I remember sitting back one day being like, I've, I've, I've said that I want a man that is like, all in for me a family man wants a baby like wants to get married wants to shoot me with love and respect and and have one woman yet i'm just texting a guy like we was nothing even more serious was going on but like i'm entertaining a complicated energy that i don't want in my life and i literally said to him you're a great guy i want us to remain friends but this isn't actually what i want i don't want complicated this is really complicated and it was literally done with love. It wasn't done with like, get out of my life, you're an ass. And I took responsibility for what am I doing? I say I want I want easy and I want make sense and I'm dealing with I'm I'm staying around for complicated. I took responsibility and was like, Yeah, I could text him for my ego to keep me busy because there's no one else, because that's the easy thing to do. But actually it's completely out of alignment with what I said I wanted. So again, I think that's another way in which it's taking responsibility if you if you say you want something in your life are your actions measuring up to that are you taking responsibility for the way that you're acting to actually get what you want to actually have that thing come into your life because if your actions are completely the opposite or you're allowing things to happen in your life that is you're going to keep attracting more of that so good and that and that actually flows into the to the next point which works quite well and that's the power of saying no why is that important I, I just think where we there is so much insecurity and low self-worth for many reasons for like years like whether it's someone's relationships whether it's social media whatever the reason is a lot of people have 
quite low self-worth and I think we've really learned that the way to be liked the way to be successful the way to be loved the way to make people want us is to people please and it's just to say yes to everything and and don't get me wrong I think there are times in particularly running a business where you have to be that yes person for a while and you just have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way but then there has to be the shift and this is something I do coach a lot of my business like clients on is like actually when you say no to certain opportunities that aren't the right opportunities for you, you make space for the things that you really want to come in, like really want to come in. And the no's are often the most powerful step of the manifestation process, I think. Like, again, I said two very powerful no's to two different situations within six months before I met Matt, because I was like, no, I've said I want this. Like, I'm not taking that. And they were hard because they were the situations that I knew. In business, there's opportunities that I've turned down because I'm like, it's not aligned with what I want. I, I'd rather wait for this to come in and trust that this would come in. There were book deals on the table before my book deal was on the table. And I was like, no, it's not It's not really what I want to do. And, and actually, the book that I wrote, I'm very proud of it, but it wasn't the book that I, it's not the book that I've always wanted to write. It's not the book that I feel like is within me. And actually, I'm grateful I did the book. It's obviously made me be able to spread a message that I wanted to spread and put my imprint in the world in some capacity. So I'm not going to, I'm not, I wouldn't change it for the world, but there is a lesson in there for me not saying there were certain things I didn't say no to like really small things like the cover of the book. I didn't say no to something. And actually I wish I had, I wish I'd just stuck by my guns because I've learned from other people's experiences with their books where they've put their foot down a little bit more, they've had better success. And I, it was things that I wouldn't say no to. I, I was too scared to say no to because I was a first time author and I was lucky to be an author and I was, should be grateful. And actually I wasn't firm with, no, I want this. No, I don't like that. Can we do this? And actually, unless you do that, I'm not doing it. So I just think the power of no is, is one of the most amazing ways to actually say yes to the things that you really want in life. And people who resist your no's, actually saw a quote the other day and I was just like it's so true like people who resist your nose or they don't respect your nose they're they're not they're not people that you want in your life like they're they're narcissists they're manipulators they're the people who've been so used to hearing your yeses for years and years and years that when you say no it's like what and I think I think no is one of the biggest things people find hard to say especially in friendships especially when it comes to friendships and like doing things for other people um and in business as well, and relationships. I think people just find it really hard to say no, but it's so... Yeah, I think you're right. I think if anyone, you know, if, if, if anyone close to you can't accept no from you, they probably shouldn't be as close to you as they are. Like, it's as simple as that. And they might resist it at first because it's a human natural instinct. What? But it's if you can communicate it with them afterwards to be like, actually, this no is really important to me. My energy is really important right now. If you love me and care for me, you'll understand... I can't give you that right now. Like I have to focus on myself, the right people. So I think sometimes it's not a case of just like saying the no and expecting people to just be able to deal with it. There might need to be a bit of communication mm -hmm. afterwards um, as we learn and as we grow, because we're all growing and we're all learning and we need to allow that space for each other to do that rather than jumping someone's first reaction. But yeah, often it's the people who won't take the no's that really are the people that you want I think it works both ways as well I think you know when someone says no to you you almost have that instead of seeing it as rejection it's actually understanding where it's coming from and actually you know most people are just doing the best thing for themselves yeah. so it works both ways you know saying no but also accepting no I think is so important from people you hit an age where you're like everyone's got their own stuff going Absolutely. on and 
their own stresses and their own worries and concerns that they're not always voicing. Like when someone is pushing back on you instead of being irritated by it, ask how how can I help that person? Is there something that they're maybe going through? What perhaps made them say that no? And like, again, that's taking responsibility. And I think the more you do that, the, the less you get people pushing back on you. When you're taking that responsibility for the way that you're judging others and like taking others energy and their communication and you're you're taking it with more peace and more love and less resentment you get that back again we always are attracting a mirror for what we are and who we are another thing you talk really well about on on social is creating a feel-good state so i kind of guess that that links back taking personal responsibility and get good at feeling good but what do you mean by creating like a Mm feel-good state for yourself so I think this is this is what I do outline in the book. Like those 11 principles for me are not about manifesting. They're about raising your vibe. They're about getting that feel good state within you. And um, I obviously like scratch the itch of saying like principle one is get clear on what you want. So I link it to manifesting and I link the book to manifesting. But ultimately, those 11 principles are a, a lot more around you feeling good. So, again, I think for someone in order to be able to like uh, uh, getting into a feel good state you need to get to know yourself about what is it that makes you feel good everyone's is so different like for me I feel good when I'm with my friends in like nice intimate environments and we're having a laugh I feel good when I am listening to certain types of music I feel amazing when I'm writing when I'm creating when I'm in the zone and I'm like writing a book I've never felt more good in my more good in my life like I feel good. Uh, like for me, meditation kind of makes me feel good, but affirmations make me feel feel really good. So I've got to know and learn what is it that makes me feel good. Actually, strength training at the first period of time wasn't really making me feel good. It was actually making me feel quite tense and stressed and anxious. So I moved to more like intuitive ways of moving or slower ways of moving like Pilates and yoga that was making me feel good. So I followed that for a bit. Same with food. And I think it's about knowing yourself, getting to know yourself. Like my boyfriend will say he doesn't really love meditating. It doesn't really make him feel good. I'm like, whatever. But him going for a long walk or a long bike ride and listening to a podcast, that makes him feel good. That's it. Or actually him playing golf. It makes him feel good. That's his meditation because he'll play golf for four hours and he'll sit with his thoughts. It's his therapy and that's that's his version of it and that's fine. So I think, A, identifying what makes you feel good, but then also the other principles are you want to feel good, choose the feel-good thoughts. Like when you have a negative thought, like that won't happen for me or why is that not happening for me? Catch it. I think the biggest, the most brilliant thing you can do for yourself is catch yourself doing it, create the awareness and be like, oh, that was a negative thought and say, how can I pose that more positively? So if you see someone who has smashed a 12-week program and looks amazing, instead of being, like, bitter and resentful, you might have that initial thought of, like, oh, whatever, like, they just look too skinny, or, oh, whatever, that must have, they must have had to restrict themselves, or, like, why is that not happening for me, or why am I working so hard and I'm not getting those results? Touch yourself, change the narrative, and be like, I can't wait to have that. If she can do it, so can I. If they had that impact, why, then there's absolutely no reason why I can't. Same with relationships. If you see people walking down the street and it makes you sad or a friend tells you they're having a baby and and yes, you're human. You're likely to feel bad or sad in that first instinct. If it's something you really want, catch yourself, become aware, 
change the narrative. Oh, I can't wait for that to happen to me. If it can happen for her in a year, it can happen for me in a year. If she can be single for that amount of time, meet someone, get pregnant, and like really feel like her life has just completely changed in one year, literally, like in one year, so can I. And when you have that mindset, that's when you start to feel good because when you think and feel good thought, you feel good internally. Like I, I say to people, all, the, all my clients all the time, just say to yourself, it feels good to feel good. I feel good feeling good. It feels good to say it. It, it, like, it, it does because we respond to images and we respond to words. That's what our brain responds to. So choosing more positive language, thinking more positive thoughts, moving and eating in ways that make you feel good. I think the biggest thing that doesn't get enough airtime is surrounding yourself with people who make you feel good. I have got such a wonderful friendship group and I have really nurtured my friendships over years and there's loads of different friendship groups and I get really clear on the ones where I was coming away and I felt like all we do is gossip, all we do is bitch and like don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm this like perfect person that never has a gossip, doesn't like a little old bitch from time to time but calm, like not making everything about what she did, who she did, who she did that. And again, when I was in the fitness industry, it was all very like that with the, the circle I was surrounding myself with. She did this. Did you hear she did this? Did you see she put on her social media that she's like cool with this? That's behind the scenes. She's starving herself. And I was like, this is like so negative. It's making me, it's contaminating my energy field. Like it's actually bringing me down. So surrounding yourself with people that make you feel good, make you have inspiring conversations, make you feel like, you can achieve anything in the world, like without hating on the friends that maybe don't always make you feel like that. So in business, you know, I have friends who have their own businesses and when I'm around them, I feel very inspired and like life is anything is possible. And then I have friends who, who, who don't have that mindset. I sometimes come away and question, oh, you know what, like maybe I'm stressing myself out with business too much, but I love them for other reasons. They make me feel good in other ways. So again, like giving your time and energy if, if you're in toxic friendships where they don't make you feel good like it's not about cutting them out blocking them or deleting them it's about giving more time to the people who make you feel good um this is why i talk about work so much purpose like living in purpose doing something that makes you feel purposeful or fulfilled in life i think a lot of people are working in careers that they absolutely hate that make them feel resentful that make them that they know that they're worthy of so much more they know they're capable of so much more so they're spending 90% of their day because 90% of your day is at work resentful angry sad stressed feeling like they're not good enough turning their back on themselves their vibration is so low that all their emotions are around this negativity so if finding a job that actually makes you feel alive like makes you feel content and I and I think people have this narrative like a job pays the bills why do I need to go to work and love it and it's like well you don't need to if you want to feel good the majority of the time get yourself in a working environment that feels good that actually so there's so many so many principles there's so many elements to it like incorporating more peace in your life because feeling calm and peaceful feels good so I think it's just like asking yourself on a regular basis with every action you take and move you make like is this in alignment with feeling good does this make me feel good if not I'm going to give it less of my energy if so I'm going to give it more of my energy and the more you get yourself into that space and when you're not feeling good let yourself not feel good don't beat yourself up and start resenting yourself for it or picking yourself for it let yourself feel it and be like you know what? I'm going to feel I'm going to allow myself to feel shitty this weekend because what that person did did hurt me. I'm human, whatever. But on Monday, I'm going to take responsibility for feeling good and take it easy. Like, take it slow. Like, 
do one thing that makes you feel good and just keep, and keep committing to yourself that you're worthy of feeling good and that you're deserving of feeling good and then it will get easier to keep doing the things that make you feel good yeah i love that so much it's something that's actually i've noticed just be, just just sort of that even starting this podcast and we're what 10 episodes in now and just speaking to like successful people and it's that idea of everybody has negative thoughts they're so normal but it's that idea of like you said almost like the way you articulated it was reframing it so, you know, you, they're going to come. You're going to have that resentfulness. You're going to have that jealousy. Like, they're, they're human emotions. It's going to come. But it's reframing it and also viewing it, I think, what sort of a, a powerful way is that I've kind of taken it is viewing it in a way that these things take work. Almost like if you look at it like a gym program, right? You wouldn't expect to go in the gym. And, you know, these things take time for body composition changes. And it's the same with the mindset. You've got to train it. It's not just going to happen. You can't just go, oh, I'm going to think positively now. It's actually understanding those thoughts are going to come almost like implementing progressive overload so every time they come right okay and it's going to you know you need to keep doing it and you need to understand that they're going to come and then actually right i need to reframe that and actually what aligns with me better right okay and they take time and viewing it like that i think just makes it more tangible because i think it's, it's so easy with the mindset side of stuff to just sort of go with the flow and just to go you know oh yeah it's easy when you're thinking about it and going oh no i'm going to be positive today but then something bad happens to you at lunchtime and the rest of the day you just like sort of snap straight back into it it's just training yourself and almost like say looking at it like you would with a gym program like these things take time and it takes progressive overload keep going and it it will change over time exactly the same sort of principles and the problem with that is we are such a world that wants instant gratification we used to be able to get things whenever we want and so when someone is in a rut that's when they're like or I'm going to do one meditation. Oh, well, I don't want any better, so it's not worth it. Well, no, it's going to take you years of meditating, like like the gym, looking a certain way and sustaining that looking a certain way, rather than and you know maybe a four week transformation for that thing that you wanted to look good for. But if you're not sustaining it, then it's not going to carry on. If you want to sustain looking a certain way, it's consistency, it's habits, it's actually, this is no longer a routine for me, this is my lifestyle. Like, eating well for me, whatever eating well looks like for everyone, is not a thing for me anymore. It's just the way that I live my life. It's just who I am, and it's a habit. So it's exactly the same principle as you said there. Like, one, there are things you can do, don't get me wrong. One affirmation has the power to make you feel good in that moment. One negative thought clutching in and thinking a positive thought doing your gratitude practice in the morning. Those things have the power to actually make you feel good in that moment. They do, but it won't last unless you're doing it every day, all the time. So like I, for example, don't meditate every morning. But if I have a period where I meditate, do my gratitude and kind of like move in ways that make me feel good for a long time, I actually can ride on that for like a month without doing anything. And I think that's what happened with my pregnancies. I've, I've like almost been riding on the years of meditation and journaling and kind of all that work that I've been doing. And then I get to a point where I'm like, oh, no, I need to meditate again. Oh, no, I need to work out again. And it's progressive. And people people struggle with that a week of meditating or a week of doing something. And they're like, mm, no, nah, I don't see any difference. It's when you push past it and it becomes a habit and it becomes a life. So you start to realize, you know what? I was actually calmer at work today. I actually dealt with people in a better way today. I actually did. That would normally really upset me. It didn't trigger me. And you start to notice those small changes. So that is the thing. And I have to be reminded of that sometimes. Like me and my boyfriend will have conversations and he's like, bet it took you five years to, to get where you are. Like he's, he's a little bit younger than me. And like things like drinking, for example, we're on different pages with. But he's like, 
you navigated your relationship with alcohol over a period of years. I'm in that stage now where I'm, you know, like he doesn't he doesn't drink a huge amount, but like when he goes it, he goes it. And like he he finds like he's like I mean I used to be like that and I, I used to want to give up alcohol not want to give it up, love it. And, and now I found this like healthy balance where I'm like, I like a couple of glasses of wine. If it's a birthday, an occasion or whatever, I'll get really drunk. And I'll just know that for a couple of days afterwards to not even give myself any shit because I'm going to feel crap. That's taken me maturity. It's taken me years to deal with that. And it's allowing other people to take their time too. So if you've got a partner or a friend or a, a mother who wants to work on themselves and wants to better themselves and you want that for them, it's also about giving them the space to go, again, they're not going to change overnight. They're not going to become that person that you need them to become by one meditation or one book you've given them. It's going to take them time. And we're all on this journey. Like, you know, I wrote a book about being positive and self-sabotage. And here I am in the middle of pregnancy, completely sabotaging myself, really only becoming aware of it in the last month or so. We're all, we all make those, we're all learning, we're all evolving and we're all growing. And it unfortunately, or fortunately, never ends. Once you open the can of worms, the can of worms is open because you know what's possible for you in life. There's no final destination to reach. Every time I hit another hurdle or I complete something or I overcome something, I get my next lesson to learn just the way that life is completely so what would you do when you're feeling out of alignment and i think actually maybe the negative connotation of you're putting pressure on yourself to feel good but you don't feel good where would you sort of take that how would you get out of that alignment quite often i have like a pep talk with myself and be like you need to get over yourself and stop stop this like Uh. for me that works and then for me i actually have figured out now what those things are and how quickly I can get back into alignment. I know that I can like, I know a week of doing certain things will make me feel good again. And for me, it's usually I journal first and I ask myself, why am I out of alignment? Why am I feeling this way? Or what is it that's triggered this? And that's how I got to the bottom of the sabotage element um, with the pregnancy because I realised what I was doing. Quite often when I'm feeling out of alignment, I will pick up one of the books that's inspired me before and I will open it on a page that it just is meant to be in the lesson I'm meant to see at that time. And but more often than not, like I got a book recently, it was about self-sabotage. I opened the page on it and it kind of, it did kind of spark me going, Oh, I'm sabotaging here because I have this deep internal fear about this. Um, and then for me, like my, my usual kind of routine is I will, I will, I will come from it from a 360 approach. So for the last two weeks I've been getting up, and implementing my morning routine again like I don't go on Instagram first thing in the morning I don't even like really pick up my phone I do a 10 minute meditation and for me I try to do it with small things I get overwhelmed if I've got to do an hour's workout plus a 40 minute meditation it's it's just not realistic so I have learned that actually getting back into alignment for me is a quick 10 minute guided meditation maybe at first followed by like just a 20 minute workout that might be easy and I take it slow on myself and then affirmations when I put the affirmations in so it's using those tools and those strategies um maybe I'll go and do something like I'll book a massage I'll do something that's self-care related as well that makes me feel like just just tells myself internally that I love you you deserve this like I'll do things like that or like I get my hair done it sounds so surface level but it's like actually you've been neglecting yourself go get your hair done feel better about yourself like do that with your self-care so it is in those moments of when you're feeling out of alignment that you have to commit to yourself the most it, and it's the hardest thing to do but that is when commitment comes in to yourself 
to your self-worth, to knowing that you deserve better, to knowing that you deserve feeling better. Because we all do deep down know there's a higher version of all of us that knows that we are worthy and deserving of more. And it's the more you listen to that voice, the easier it becomes to listen to that voice. And you can notice when the sabotage is at play or the inner critic comes out. So yeah, I think when I'm feeling out of alignment, I wait for it to get really bad. Then I have a big talk to myself. And then I kind of just implement those tools that always make me feel good again like I said it might be different for you like my boyfriend's way of doing that is he will go and book himself golf somewhere with someone he finds inspiring or on his own and it will get him back in the flow and he will just do a five minute meditation every morning because he finds any more than that too much and then slowly he'll start making sure he's prepping his food for the week and he'll make like and it's just taking it easy on yourself I think when you come out of an unalignment and you go, right, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to put some more pressure on yourself. So it's taking it easy. And I think the best thing that anyone can do for themselves is get to know themselves, get to know what makes them feel good, what doesn't make them feel good, what rituals that loads of different coaches talk about work for them, whether it's gratitude practice. I don't love doing gratitude. I like writing what I'm appreciative for. It's, it's, it's just different. For me, gratitude feels like I have to be grateful because, or because I'm grateful because I should be, or it just feels a bit more forced. Whereas appreciative, I feel like I can appreciate smaller things. So I'm really appreciative of that person that did that for me today. Or I really appreciate how pretty it looks outside today. Like it feels like such a more loving way of explaining it than like, I'm grateful for the sun shining today. It feels like, oh, I've, I don't know. That's personal to me. Like, and then the more you read, the more you listen to podcasts, the more you speak to different people or you follow different mentors, you'll learn their approaches and certain things will stick and resonate with you. Like, oh, I can't remember who it was, but I heard someone say, I don't love gratitude. I love appreciation. I tried it. It worked for me. It might not work for the other person. So that's why, you know, listening to podcasts and books and inspirational people is so good because you learn what that works for them and then you, you can try it for yourself. Yeah, so good. So the way I like to finish the podcast... With the final question is, what's the ultimate goal of your health? So where do you want to take things? I think for me, asking that question right now, (laughs) might look different. I just can't wait to get back to feeling like me and in control of my health and my well-being. Like, I think obviously, if you'd asked me that question a year ago, I would have just been like, well, to feel at peace, to feel happy, to feel energetic and like balance would have been my question like my answer I think right now my ultimate goal is like I can't wait to not have the hormones and the whole pregnancy and actually be able to take control back of of my my well-being and actually again it's a, it's just a commitment I, mean, I, I can do that now there's no reason why I can't do that now um so yeah I don't know if that's a good answer but ultimately for me i just want to make sure that i feel as positive as peaceful as calm as balanced as relaxed as happy and content as i can as much as i can becky you're very impressive thank you so much for your time thank you thank you so much for having me i loved it